This morning, I'm going to continue through the adventure in the book of Hearts. We've been going through the book of Hearts from the beginning of this year as a something the Lord has laid into our heart as a member of a gateway east to go through the journey through the book of Hearts. And last week, Pastor Ken preached about being devoted to Jesus and by being devoted to one another. The mean the journey of our faith is not completed until we are devoted to one another. And this morning, my topic is called a first miracle. I'm going to be looking into the life of two men who devoted themselves to one another after the Holy Spirit descended. This man are Peter and John. After the Holy Spirit came upon them, God used them to perform the first miracle that was ever recorded in the book of Hearts. There's so many miracles in the book of Acts, but this one was so special because the Bible have to talk about it. Even in the days of Jesus, there's so many miracles that Jesus performed, but the Bible have to highlighted some miracle in the Bible so that we can be encouraged about it. The miracle in this book of Acts, chapter three was very important because something had happened in the life of this man. Peter and John, they've been acquainted together since the days of Jesus. Do we know that Peter and John as a siblings among the disciples? How many of us know that? It's a small Bible quiz. They have their own siblings. Among the disciples of Jesus. Peter brother was called Andrew. And John brother is what? James. Just like Julian brought his brother to Christ. Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. And James brought his brother to what? To Jesus. Which means this journey in the hearts of apostles that we're reading... We have to do it together. Amen. They've been so acquainted together since the days of Jesus. But something happened during the crucifixion. They fell apart. And when they fell apart, something happened to, to Peter. Peter denied Jesus because there's nobody to check and balance him. And that's why in our journey as a faith, we need somebody in our life to check and balance us. Peter was a spokesman during the days of Jesus. And why uh, John was the soft-spoken person, was the man of love. And no wonder at the end he wrote the book about love, love, because he accepted people. After the resurrection of Jesus, their uniqueness, their closeness, get so unique. Maybe because of the nature of John. Because John was a loving and caring person. He accepted Peter. 
Another miracle, something that happened that this miracle was so special was when Jesus died, these people were hiding in the upper room. But after the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they were not hiding anymore. They got reset and they went to do what Jesus normally do, going into the temple and pray. I'm going to read Acts chapter 3 verse 1 to 10. He said one day, Peter and John were going up in the temple at the time of prayer at three afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried into the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the court. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him and said, and did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I will give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by his right hand, he helped him up, and instantly this man's feet and ankle become strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple court, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him, Walking and praising God, they recognize him as the man that used to sit at the gate of the temple called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonders and amazement at what had happened to him. We can see the story of this man. In this passage, we begins with Peter and John going into the temple together. As a popular gathering place. Psalm 122 verse 1 said, I'm glad when they say, let us go to the house of God. This was something that Peter and John forgot after the crucifixion. Because they were afraid to be recognized with Jesus. But the moment the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they received that boldness. They got reset and they went to the temple. Because in the Jewish time, the public, it's known to the Jews to have an appointment time of prayer. And those appointment time of prayer daily is considered to be three o'clock in the afternoon and sometimes 9 a.m. in the morning. You know, I grew up in the community of Muslims where they have a specific time of prayer. At that time of their prayer, they stop everything and they go and pray. I remember one time I was in Red River College. It was around nine at night when the Muslim would do their final prayer. There was one of a guy in my class. We were doing a course together. And at that moment, this guy would always leave the class to go and pray. And to the lecturer, he feels so insultive that, why would you walk out of my class? But this man prioritized his prayer. The same times, that's what happened when the Holy Spirit fell upon Peter and John. 
they actually prioritize the time of prayer. I've preached about prioritizing prayer here before. And that's what happened when the Holy Spirit fall, fell upon them. In Gateway, this year, one of the things that we've, we want to prioritize is prayer. And that's why last week, Pastor Ken said, every Wednesday, 7.30 a.m., Gateway want to be having a prayer meeting. So that it's on Zoom in the comfort of your home. And sometimes when I'm, doing, when I'm praying, I'm in my car driving because I don't have to show my face, but I can start praying. You know, that's the prioritizing prayer. And another time that the gateway I've actually designated for prayer is first Wednesday of the month called the prayer summit. And that's going to be happening in the house of Pastor King. After the COVID, during the COVID, Gateway Church as a whole, we develop a prayer section, which is called Praying Every Day, Monday to Friday from 7 a.m. to 7.30. I've, I've been there many times, and I've seen people that have not missed a day because they prioritize prayer. This man who was miraculously healed by Jesus happened to enjoy that moment where Peter and John are going for their prayer time. And this miracle happened to this man. This man used to be sit, he sat down at that gate for many years. Nobody, people give him money. But these days when Peter and John were going there, it was a different day because they had received the Holy Spirit. And the miracle happened in this life of this man. And when they saw this man, because this man could not walk, he could not do anything. His friend, his family would bring him in in the money to say, you can fetch for yourself. But that day was different. He was expecting to receive money, but he received the power of God. I want to tell us something that God in Jesus himself gave us an example in the church that in the house of God, we need to accommodate people that are in need. And that's one thing that that Bible passage is showing us. Because throughout the ministry of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ lay emphasis on helping the poor. And that's why when Peter and John saw this man, they did not hesitate to help him. They stared at him. They did not say, I've missed my time of prayer. They stopped. That's why I want to encourage us when we have people in our means that they have all kinds of needs. Let us have that compassion for them. Let us have that love for them. Because at that time, we're doing the work of Jesus. Peter and John, this, this man begged Peter and John. And he begged them. Give me money. But he looked at the man. They both looked at that man and said, we don't have the money, but we have what is more powerful than money, which is the name of Jesus. And that was the first miracle. Peter and John were led by the Holy Spirit. Rather than ignoring this man, they did not ignore. They gave what was so special in their life. And that was the beginning of wonders in the life of Apostle. 
we can read after these, a lot of things happen to the disciple after this miracle. You know, miracle has been one of the driving force to a lot of people to the body of Christ. People have changed churches. People have changed style of worship. People have done all kinds of stuff to receive miracle. Because God has, God promised miracle. Miracle is not something new in the days of New Testament. We can see miracle even in the days of Abraham. When Sarah, 89-year-old woman, had a baby without any uh, medical intervention, we saw miracle that Moses did. Miracles always happen. And God came back. Jesus came back to tell us that this thing could happen. And he did miracles in his life. And he handed it over to the disciple. And that heart still continue on until now. That's why when Pastor Ken always say, the adventures to continue. Miracle is part of that adventure. The church is filled with miraculous events. A lot of miracles have shaped the, 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 the way the church do, do things. There are some, a lot of, I'm going to talk about a few notable miracles that have affected the church over the years. One of them is the miracle of Paul, of Saul converting to Paul. That miracle changed a lot of things in the narrative of the church. Because this man, when the miracle happened in his life and God changed him, the whole account about the church changed. This man single-handedly wrote half of the book in the New Testament because of the miracle of his conversion. In the modern days, in the 1859, we heard about a miracle at Lou, a place called Ludis in, in France. When uh, 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 someone said he saw a miracle of the Virgin Mary, this is associated to the Roman Catholic Church. And since that day, people have been going to that place to see miracle. And according to some record, over 68 miracles have happened in that place because God used that image to affect things. The coming down of Holy Spirit is a miracle. And because of that, we can come here as a church into the presence of God without boldness. The vision of Constantine is a great miracle that converts the church, that changed the persecution of church to what the Roman Catholic, what we call the Roman Catholic Church up to today. Because this man saw a vision, and that vision said, in that vision, he promised the Lord that if I could be a deliver, and this vision is true, I will not only become a Christian, I will make sure everybody under the Roman Empire become a Christian. That was a miracle. You know, growing up as a little child, one of the things that shape our faith, especially my home, is the story of a miracle that my parents would tell us at night about what has happened when we're, they were growing up. My parents were the second generation of Christians in their village. You know, the grandfather brought Christianity there, and we, they transferred it to us. One of the stories that, so, that we've had many times is the story of an apostle in Nigeria called Apostle Ayobabalola in the 1930s. God used this man 
to perform so much miracle. And the revival we see in the modern day Nigeria now can be traced to this man. Ayobabalola was born in 1904 into an Anglican church. And after that, he became a steam engineering engineer. He moved to Lagos. And at that, when he got to Lagos, he joined a church called the Faith Tabernacle, which is now called the Apostolic Faith today. And during that, he got baptized. He became born again. He begins to read his Bible. And one day, while he was doing his work, he had the voice of the Lord. And the Lord said, I've called you to do signs and wonders. And he begins to pray for people, and people will begin to be healed. And this become a great a controversy among the church, even though it's going to a church called Apostolic Faith, Faith Tabernacle, but they don't believe that miracles still happen. And it was a big controversy that they have to call the church elder that we have to stop this man from doing this. He's using some kind of magic to do it. And there was a time they called this assemble of churches together. And someone came from United Kingdom to discuss this, whether miracles still happen. During this conference, Ayobabalola, Apostle Ayobabalola was so angry in the spirit. He said, how dare you believe that miracle happened? If Jesus promised it, Jesus is the same today, today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. We can do miracle. And this become a kind of a laughing stock. But for God to reveal his power, something happened that day. As he was going home angrily, he saw a family that about to bury their 12-year-old boy. And the boy just died, died a few hours ago. And this man said, he had the Lord said, this is an opportunity. He prayed on that dead boy. And that boy came alive. And that was the beginning of revival. In the span of three weeks, this man, by the power of God, he, he healed 100 leopard, 60 blind people, 50 lame people. This is the heart of miracle. And God used this man to tell us that miracle continue. The adventure continue. Maybe you are here this morning, you're still doubting the power of God. I want to tell you that miracles still happen. I know one way or the other, many of us have seen miracles. I've had a testimony of Pastor Ken and Fiona, you know, going through the process of kidney problem, right? But at the end, sometimes God does his miracle in a different way. I've had a miracle about a lady in Gateway that said he, he had a baby and the baby died. And she said, no, my baby did not die. Even the doctor said, this baby is dead. This is a person in Gateway. It's not like a third party story. Yeah. And she said she held on that baby. She prayed and the baby came alive. Yeah. That baby is still alive today. Yeah. The other day I saw that baby. I think she's no more a baby anymore. She's about how old now, maybe 20 years old, yeah. right? I can't know, Messi can testify to that, right? We know that story. You know, God still performs miracles. From this lesson, one of the things that I want us to get out from this lesson, five key lessons from this story that we read today. 
The disciple continued the ministry of Jesus. The disciple continued the ministry of Jesus. That God still worked miracle. According to John 20, 21 and 22, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even as I'm sending you. And when he said this to them, he prayed on them and said, Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit was given to these people because Jesus wanted them to continue the ministry. And he wanted the adventure to continue. Adventure did not end there. It's going to be going on until Jesus comes back. And that's why he sent down the Holy Spirit. You are part of the adventure. Julian was part of the adventure. Tony was part of the adventure. We are all part of that adventure. And that's why as a believer, we have to have that mindset that we are part of the adventure. I want you to tell somebody that you are part of the adventure. Another story that we read here is the boldness of Peter and John. The Bible said, whatsoever you will ask in my name, you will receive it. After they received the Holy Spirit, they received that boldness to tell that man, receive and the man receive it. They were not afraid. You know, it's a story, one story I always tell people about. One of my friends that became born again one time. And he was called among his friends and said, pray for my wife. She has, uh, she's, she's overdue for almost uh, two weeks and we don't know why. And this man said, he just became a believer. I've never prayed for people before. And they just kind of pushed him. He prayed eventually. And he said, the reason why I pray that prayer is because, number one, I'm traveling that day. They won't see me again if that prayer did not answer. And he said, he just said, bring water, let me pray. You know, he prayed on the water and then he said, three days later, uh, maybe two months later, when he came back, they said, do you know when you pray that thing happened? You know, even that man prayed out of lack of boldness, but he still prayed that prayer. But in case of Peter and John, it wasn't that like my friend. He, they actually prayed with boldness. They looked at that man in the eyes and said, we don't have what you are asking us. But what we have, we're going to give to you. We're giving you the name of Jesus. You know, that's one story. The boldness to receive the power of God. Another thing is this. That story tells us about the demonstration of the divine power. Miracle showcase the power of the Holy Spirit. Which then the apostle and affirm the promise that Jesus has given to them. You know... It affirmed that Jesus said, after I leave, I'm going to send you that spirit and helper, whom the Father has sent to me. He will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance of all things. This power was not only comfort the believer, but compel the believer to extend the love of Christ to the non-believer. That's the spirit of God. In this Bible passage also, the Bible passage also tells us that he, we, he, during this miracle, the authority of the church was established. Because after that, Peter and John were confident 
to preach their false message in that synagogue. The first person that spoke in that synagogue was Jesus. And you know what happened to him? They are about to stone him in that synagogue. But at that time, Peter and John, they received, after the miracle, they got that boldness. They preached. And the Bible talks to us about over 5,000 people gave their life to Christ. That's what miracle would do. In that passage, the last thing that we get from that passage is the fulfillment of Jesus' promise that said, Truly I say to you, whosoever believe in the work I do, greater things will he do. The miracle they performed fulfilled the promise. This gave the disciple the encouragement that as they followed God, what we follow them will be greater. Isn't that, it isn't clear that Jesus means that they will do greater works. A lot of people, there's a lot of church uh, experts or the commentator that say the greater thing Jesus is talking about is no miracle. But uh, D.A. Carson incited in this help, he said, they will do greater, it talks about they will do greater miracle. Greater works cannot be simplified just the works. That is, the church will do more things Jesus Christ has done. You know, in this controversy that people, when people talked about, is the greater works, maybe greater ministry, greater evangelism. Jesus is talking about greater works. Greater miracle. That's why someone like Ayobabarola can heal the dead. That's why we've seen miracles up to today. Because God has promised us. And the question I ask myself is this. Why is miracle not happening now? Miracles still do happen in some, those, in some countries. You know, miracle happen when you find out that you're at your wit end. You don't have anything to bounce on. A miracle would not happen when you still have eternity. You know, we live in the culture where everything is medicated. There's always a name for everything that happened. But I grew up in a culture where you need miracle to survive. And that's why we don't have eternity. And I know many people that come from other countries apart from the Western world. We rely on God for miracle, even for daily bread. That's why in the story of this, the, the, uh, the, 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 the man that has this big orphanage, he said every day they have to pray for food to come. George Mueller. George Mueller. The kids would pray for miracle to happen. There's one particular day they don't even have food at home. They put, uh, they're praying on empty plates and say, God, provide this miracle. And before they say amen, somebody came in and brought them food. That's miracle. What is miracle to you might not be miracle to other people. Some people will say, I need miracle to receive my sight. The other day I read the news about a lady that said she wants to become blind because she appreciates the blind people. You know, that's strange. But miracles do happen. This morning, we're going to do something differently. We're going to pray. I'm going to give us time for us to pray together so that the power of God can come in and we can receive miracles. You know, like I said, 
the book of hearts, the adventure in the book of hearts is actually telling us the reason why we are Christian. And those, uh, these are the three reasons. Devotion to prayer, devotion to art of kindness and helping others, and devotion to evangelism. And we can see all these three things that happen in this passage we read today. Because at the end of this passage, Peter and John, we can see that Peter and John are devoted to prayer. They are devoted in helping other people. And devoted in what? In evangelizing, evangelizing the gospel. Before we pray, I just want to encourage our faith about uh, a particular miracle that I actually witnessed. That this miracle in my life is one of the, I see it one of the, uh, one of the miracles I will ever remember. Um, I used to work as an healthcare aide with home care. And my job would be providing care for the elderly. I would go to their house, help them with the activity of daily living. And I was assigned to this man. He was 89 years old. His name is George, John. And for over six months, this man never say any kind word to me. He's always angry, bitter. He always have reason to complain. You come too early, he complains. You come too late, he complains. You do something, he complains. But, but the, I, I told the office about it. They always tell me, David, if you cannot do it, nobody will do it. You are the one of the meekest person we have. Yes, okay. And I will go there to see this man. One particular day, I prayed to the Lord, said, Lord, I just want this man. I just want to have a conversation with this man. And that day, I saw a Bible on his, uh, on his dining table. I said, oh, you're a Christian, you read Bible? He said, oh, no, no, no. Oh, that reverend brings it here. He knows I'm dying. And then, so that he can take all my will. And, and I said, okay. And that opened up the conversation to know who this man was. Then I began to talk to him. And I realized this man had a very interesting story. This man and his wife came to Canada after the Second World War. And they decided to cut tiles with everybody. Their family back home in Russia, no family, no anybody. They just want to come to Canada and start life. He never told me why they did that. But they came to Canada and they decided not to have any family. They live their life, have nice house, good job, and age caught on them. The wife fell sick. And the wife had to be transferred to a senior home. Because he himself was sick also. He has a throat cancer. And because of that, he was so angry with himself and angry with everybody that, why am I like this? And I begins to minister to him. And after three, you know, he allowed me to pray for him. And I pray with him. And I asked him if he wants to accept Jesus into his heart, into his life. He said, I would think about it. Then a few months later, I think a few days later, we became friends. He would call me. I would ask me. You know, we became friends sometime. My wife would cook soup. He liked a botch soup. I would take it to him. He would be so happy. And one day he called me and said, David, I want to give my life to Christ. And on the phone, I led him to Christ. He gave him life to Christ. 
And after he gave him life, his life to Christ, the friendship continued. Every day I go there, he actually requested more time with me from the office. He said, can David come two more, two more days instead of only one day a week? And the office said, okay, we can only come twice a week. And we begin to see every time we go there, instead of him helping him, he just wants to hear about the word of God from me. And one day, he called me and said, David, I want you to do me a favor. I said, what's the favor? Would you come to my funeral? I said, sure. He said, I said, why do you say that? He said, because I don't know how many people are going to come there. Because it's only you I know as a friend now. The person that is the power of attorney, we met him in the airplane, and we never see him anymore. And I don't know who's going to come. I said, okay, I will come. Just let me know when the time comes. He said, I won't know because I'm dead already. I said, okay, but let the office know. Call, write it down so that you put it in the instruction after death that when I die, David should attend my funeral. And the office will let me know. And he said, okay, I will write that. He wrote that, he sent to the office. And three months later, he called me and said, David, can you do me a favor again? So what's the favor? He said, I'm not afraid to die again. I'm, I'm nowhere I'm going now. Can you pray that God should take me home? I said, you know what? I've never prayed that kind of prayer before. <laughs> but I will pray because you are in pain. And that day, we prayed together. And I said, Lord, this is the request of your son. If you really, really love him, take him home. And we prayed. We heard then by, in two days later, the office called me and said he has gone to be with the Lord. And... They said, but you're allowed to go to his funeral. And I was expecting myself only to go there, to be in the funeral. The wife is still in the nursing home. And the funeral was held at the Calvary place where the wife is. And to my amazement, I saw a lot of people in that, at that ceremony. And during that day, I met one of my old friends, something about me that is so uh, very common. Anywhere I go that uh, more than 50 people, I will know somebody there. <laughs> and my kids always say, you know everybody. And I met one lady, we used to be old friends, and she said, oh, David, why are you here? I said, I'm here for this John, and uh, I used to be his uh, healthcare. He said, oh, really? I said, do you know? And he begins to tell me how angry, you know, mean this man is. And I said, do you know he gave his life to Christ? He said, what? He gave his life to Christ. And he called the pastor, the reverend. I said, he gave his life to Christ. I led him to Christ. And he was so amazed. You know, that was a miracle to me. Because the pastor told me that they've been praying for this man for more than 20 years. And something happened. This morning, miracles still happen. I want us to do something differently this morning. I want us to be ourselves in a group of three. And when you're in a group of that three, don't let it be more than three, please. Because you're going to pray for one another together. Just like John and Peter did for this man. You know, I want you to pick yourself in threes. And one person will take a turn and ask God, this is what I need miracle for. You pray for him for only two minutes because of our time. And after that, you take another turn. Because today we want to feel the power of God. God still do miracle. The book of heart is not a story. It's an adventure. Yes. And that adventure still continues. 
as we do that this morning, as we take a group of three, Kai is going to sing a song, Onisha Iyanu, for us this morning. Let, well, Onisha Iyanu means the miracle worker. Onisha Iyanu. Because Onisha Iyanu is here this morning. I want us to pick your partner, three partners, and pray for each other. And after the service, maybe you need God to touch you for a miracle. Myself and Pastor Ken will be out here to pray with you. Let us turn around, find somebody. If you are a family, you can pray together. And uh, please let us pray because miracles still happen.